0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. We are wrapping up a series that we uh, have, have simply uh, have simply called refreshing. And my, my prayer for you as pastor is that this that God does a fresh thing in you. So many times church can become so routine, and we kind of do things by rote, and, and we do things by, by habit, and good habits are good things, as long as the reason we're doing them is purposeful and intentional based on some sort of, some sort of thing that God's doing fresh in our lives. And as we've looked at, this, at these concepts, we, we keep coming back to this idea that real transformation comes from being a new creation. And from being fresh again. That's what the work of God is doing. See, we were made originally. Humanity was made in the image of God. And, and we were, had relationship with God to such that, that Adam and Eve walked with God in, there in the Garden of Eden. There was no disconnect whatsoever. And humanity choosing to go its own way. And let's be honest, you and I choose to go our own way all the time. That we begin to create problems in our lives and in the lives of other people in our lives. And, and things aren't as fresh as they should be. And this work of the Holy Spirit is, is to make us fresh again. And we've looked at 2 Corinthians 5.17 and, and it's the, the new creation pat, passage. And if you've been a believer for a long time, you're very familiar with it. And we're, we're reading it out of the message because it kind of it gives us some fresh language to an idea we're familiar with. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the message says, Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. It's created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Look at it. Look at it. Look for new life. Look for the hand of God working and moving in your life. We have to be conscious of it. Because like we've said in the the previous weeks, we still have some of the stuff of life hanging on us. And we can real easily fixate on the stuff that isn't quite Christ-like yet. But what we need to do is focus where the growth is. We need to focus where the life is, and that will begin to change things. And one place where we ought to be seeing some fresh life as a new creation is in the area of our relationships. See, when you were made new, you were not made new alone. You were brought into what the Bible refers to as the body of Christ. And that body of Christ is this beautiful connection of all Christ followers, all believers who are connected to the head, to Jesus. And we become the body. And then the body begins to function and do what God has placed us on this planet to do. And you and I can't ever fully be what we're supposed to be. Without the body of Christ, without being connected, without fellowship, without having life-giving relationships, we, we just simply can't do it. Because in relationship, man, all of a sudden there's this, there's this beautiful thing where we're, where we're able to be pulled forward into new things and we're able to be supported when things begin to get rough. I saw this played out whenever I was uh, in church at, and, uh, in Odessa back whenever I was growing up. And I was about the, the fourth grade, and the church that we were involved in, we were, did a, a fundraiser, and we did a bike-a-thon. Does anybody remember all the a-thons that used to happen all the time? So we don't do a-thons anymore. I, I guess they ran their course. So you had all of these a-thons, and you'd get people to, to like, sponsor you like so many so much a mile or so much per everything. Well, the the big push was to get someone to sponsor you 10 cents a mile because we were going to get on our bikes and we were going to ride 50 miles. And then they would be able to to support you with five bucks. And so so you would sit there and be able to do that. And if you only made it for a few miles, well, then they were only on the hook for a little bit. Well, I've never been, you know, super athletic, I've shared that with y'all, and so, uh, but I rode my bike, and I had everybody else, the older kids had their 10 speeds and all that stuff, and I had my good old school uh, banana seat bike, you remember the 1970s banana seat bike, you know, with the, with the U-shaped handlebars, and, and I had my banana seat bike, and Man, I was ready to go out and to ride, so I, I got my sponsorships, and I got people, and I did pretty good on my sponsorship. They probably looked at me and said, "He's not going all 50 miles. We can go ahead and we can go ahead and bid big here." so And uh, anyway, so I was determined, I was determined. Well, Odessa is flat. But it's not completely flat, I found out. And so we started out at our church out on the loop and we rode around the loop and, and connected with Andrews Highway and then drove out, not drove, rode out Andrews Highway and went north and that rolls a lot more on a bike than you think it does when you're riding in a car. Get out to the, to the Goldsmith overpass, take a right towards Midland, go up that highway towards Midland, then get, go a long ways, turn around, come back and end up back at the church it was a long ride and as you know a fourth grader I'm just like I'm just gonna go ride my bike there was no training no prep you just go do it so we start in the wee hours of the morning it's really dark which probably wasn't a good idea by the leadership and so and so looking back from a different angle in life now but anyway so we start out and I man I put my bike up front And I'm there with the big kids, and I'm there with them, and with the the junior high and the high school kids, and all of them with their 10 speeds. And man, and I rode. And I rode with them, and I rode with them down to to the overpass, and I rode with them to where we had a little lunch and went to turn around. And it was whooping me, but I was not going to stop. And riding along with those guys, and everybody would see me on my little bike, and they were like, Man, that's impressive. They cheered me along. And and I tell you what, I made it way further, way further on that little bike than I ever would have made it on my own, being surrounded by a cheering squad who was going in the same direction I was going, pulling me along and carrying me forward. But at some point, I ran out of gas. It was just done. And began to sit there, and it's time to turn around and go back. And for about five miles, I stayed with that group. And man, and I was with the lead group, and I was doing good. But I burned it all up, and I eventually had to fall back. And I accomplished way more with that group. It was amazing. I was super proud of myself that I stayed with them the first half. And I began to fall back. And then I began to fall back some more. And then I began to fall back some more. And what I didn't know, because I had been at the front, there was a guy... Uh, by the name of John Richards in his pickup at the very back who was making sure no one was left behind. Well, wasn't long that I was with John Richards, and he was right behind me, and I would pedal and then pull over, and he would stop, and he's like, all right, do do you need a ride? No, I'm good. I just need a break. I just need a break. And then I get back on my bike and I go a little further. And man, that guy was so patient. And he just let me go until I was done. And then he got out and he picked my bike up and he stuck it in his, in his back of his truck. And I sit next to him and drive along. And as I'm driving along at 10 years old, I've been picked up and carried when my gas ran out. By the guy who ended up, this was the guy when I was 7 years old prayed with me around a campfire in the Davis Mountains to say yes to Jesus. This guy who wasn't a pastor, he wasn't, a, he wasn't some sort of a leader. He was a guy who was involved and cared about young people and led me to Jesus. He got to pray with me. My parents, my family led me to Christ. This guy got to pray with me. But was there with me when, when I couldn't go any further. And see, in the body of Christ, should be doing both things for us. The body of Christ should see that that there's more in us than we think we have in us. And coaching us up and carrying us forward and calling the best out of us. But guess what? They shouldn't just do that when all of a sudden we don't begin to, to have that gas anymore. Then all of a sudden just say, sorry kid, and leave. We should find that that same body has been hanging back the whole time. And is there as a safety net and is there to be there for us and to pick us up when we can't go on any further. Folks, that is why God puts us in a body. It's not because you don't have any skill sets and you don't have anything to add. It's that all of those other people have stuff to add to you. It's that he wants to bring the best out of you and be able to have things going on. In your, when you have things going on in your life, when you're stepping out into destiny, he wants the people to be there to, to help carry you forward. And when you're falling on your face, he wants people to be there to help you up. That is what this life in Christ, this life in the body is all about. The, the early Christ followers understood this. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now we can real super spiritualize this devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching we get that super spiritual. And then we get this concept of prayer. We're in the middle of our, of our, of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and as a church, we've been praying together on certain topics. And, and we get that. But there's something incredible significant also about just hanging out with one another. And breaking bread. Having a meal together. There's something that's life-giving in those moments. Because you know what happens? You know what happens in that time? We begin to discuss the apostles' teaching. You know what? So and so said this, and I've kind of been chewing on that. We begin to make relationships that when we need prayer in our lives and that one of those other pieces needs to happen, we have people we can call out to to pray with and to to bring in on our side on the place of prayer. See, the Holy Spirit is poured out at the beginning of Acts chapter 2. And by the end of Acts chapter 2, we see that they've already scene that we have to lock arms and lock in. I realize I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. Y'all are at a church this morning. But guess what? This isn't the only place to connect. We got our small groups kicking off next week. Small groups are a great place to connect. But guess what? It doesn't have to be a group that happens on the back of our bulletin. Get together with some other Christ followers. Get together with some other people on purpose. And have some meals together and pray with one another. And discuss what you're seeing in the word. Guess what So That's what the early church did. And it changed lives. See, we tend to go in the same direction as the people closest to us. It's just the way it is. We tend to go in that direction. Colossians chapter 2 says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. This is Paul's purpose. He was pumped about this. His own personal purpose is that they, people, Christ followers, may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. Folks, there are things I learn and grow in the scriptures by interacting with you. And hopefully there are some things you learn and grow in the scriptures by interacting with me. And there are things we're just not going to get without each other. We're just not going to get them. And Paul understood that and he said that if you'll be united in love, there's this place where we grow together and mature together into complete understanding in order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And Christ is everything we need. Doesn't it make sense if everything we need is found in Christ? That somehow we understand it better when we are connected with the body of Christ? It's pretty logical. It makes sense. It's the way this works. See, we are revitalized and refreshed, refreshed through relationships. We are revitalized and refreshed through relationships. Relationships. The right people in our lives make us better. Proverbs 27, 17 says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That iron sharpening iron, they're not doing it at a distance. You don't have a piece over here and a piece over there. They're in contact with one another. And yes, sometimes there's some friction. And as that sharp edge is being revealed, there's some stuff that gets, that, that some shavings that fall off. And some stuff that doesn't quite line up with the sharp edge gets removed. But it makes both sides better. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. And maybe pick his bike up and stick it in the back of his pickup. But pity the man who falls and no one is there to help him up. I guarantee you the only reason my loving parents let me be out on Andrew's highway on my bicycle as they trusted that I was not out there by myself. Yeah. That there was somebody that when Brandon was done was going to pick him up and help him move forward. Our Heavenly Father wants the same thing. Our Heavenly Father, if it just if just good, normal parenting says that's what needs to happen, don't you think our Heavenly Father wants us connected? He don't want us out on the highway of life by ourselves. Yeah. He wants us connected in life-giving relationships. Ephesians 4 later on says, Instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part, as you and I are each doing our work, we begin to be built up. You want to be fully refreshed, connect with more Christ followers. Connect with more Christ followers. Connect with more people who are like-minded and moving in the same direction with God as you are. You will find that you are refreshed over and over and over again. He goes on to say, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. What do people who are away from God think? The futility of their thinking, they think they can do it all on their own. They think if I I read one more self-help book, I'm going to get it done. If I just try a little harder, I can get this done. That's the futility of humanly thinking. Now, I get this. Relationships can be intimidating because people fail us. That's why we shy away from this. That's why we shy away about the whole body of Christ. We think, man, God, Jesus, the head, he's pretty awesome. The body, whoo got some work we tend to want to do that to kind of decapitate the body of Christ and say I love Jesus the head and I'm not so fond of the body I don't want to connect over there and the reason is is because people fail us people misuse us now if you've been around celebration church I've told this story a few times but it's one of my favorite ones to bring this point home so um, again, this is back with my banana seat bike. I guess this is banana seat bike day. And so, and, um, but uh, you know, every, every guy with it back in the, the 70s and early 80s with a banana seat bike wanted to do one thing, and that's jump a ramp. Jump. I don't know why kids don't jump ramps anymore. You don't see them like on the side. of Every block had a good ramp. And so, well, we would always build ramps. And so you got to have equipment to build ramps. you got to have a good piece of wood. You need like a cinder block or a couple of cinder blocks or some stuff. Well, we were looking for to build a good ramp. And we needed something that was just like the right height, the right width. And um, so it'd be able to get a, a nice little jump without careening up into the atmosphere. And so and, uh, me and my, the two neighbor guys were trying to figure this out. And one of them decided that their little sister looked like she was about the right width. And so we asked Shelly to be our ramp. So we were kind. Don't look at me like that. We were nice. And I went and got my mom's front door mat and laid that on the ground and gave her something to lay on, and they got their front doormat and put it on top of her so the board didn't, wasn't going to chafe. We were considerate. <laughs> laid her down in the alley on the caliche and got a good running start and laid the board across her and whoo, jumped, and jumped the ramp. Well, it didn't take very long, and, and, and Shelly decided she didn't. Her, her, her days at the ramp were over. And so, and, and She quit. And so, and sadly in that alley, um, there were two groups of people that day. There was one group of of boys who, who saw the use of a person as a way to elevate themselves. And there was one person who was willing to lay themselves down to elevate others. God has called us to be the kind of people who will lay ourselves down to elevate others. Who are willing to sit there and 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 say you know what i'll take the bumps and i'll take the bruises and i'll be there to elevate others the reason we're so reluctant to be able to step into that kind of vulnerability is that most of the people that we've run into on so many different fronts have been the other kind of people who take advantage who use us as the ramp who hit on the other side pedal away and never think twice. People have failed us. Over and over and over again. And it can make us reluctant. Now there's a beautiful phrase that shows up 32 times in the Bible. It's the phrase unfailing love. That's the kind of love you and I cry for. You and I desire so much. And honestly, if we're going to be real honest, when we find the person that we want to do life with forever and marry we are expecting them to be unfailing love for us because we want it so bad unfailing love is mentioned 32 times in our scriptures the thing is every single time it's referring to god and god alone it never refers to a person it never ever does because you and i fail so here's this thing we run into when we become fresh again and new creatures in christ as we step into this place where we have this heart cry for unfailing love, we believe that God is going to be unfailing love for us. We believe that. We're like, okay, we're going to get connected with the body of Christ, which are people, and then we find out that they still fail. And then we're, we're stuck with a decision. Are we going to choose to be the ones that inside the body of Christ go ahead And take the bumps and lay ourselves down to elevate others. Or are we going to be the ones running from the people who are trying to elevate themselves the rest of our lives? Folks, if we are really going to be fresh, we have to pull the pressure off of all of these other people to be unfailing. And simply trust that God's arms are big enough to hold us even when other people fail us. And then we go ahead and we connect with the body and we take the pressure of the body to be perfect off and we go ahead and we love anyways and we step out into it anyways. And that's when we begin to see the the real heart of God work in us. That thing that's patient and kind and gentle. When is all that needed most? When people fail us. When do you need to be patient? When someone failed to do something on time. When do you need to be kind? When someone was unkind to you. It's in all of those failing places that the unfailing nature of God needs to come bubbling up out of us. And we have to lean into him. Psalm 31, 16 says, let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Psalm thirty-three twenty-two, may your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And as we close this morning, we, I want us to walk away with this concept that life-giving relationships keep God at the center. Keep God at the center. I love doing weddings. I love doing weddings, and I love getting to be a part of that moment where where a man and a woman come together and say yes to to be in there in each other's lives. I love doing it. And one of the things that I do in the weddings that I perform is I don't just talk to the bride and the groom. Because, see, the bride and the groom have invited people. I don't invite anybody to the wedding. I show up and I do the wedding. The bride and the groom invite people. And then they select some special people to stand up there next to them and get all dressed up and show up early and to be right there close. And then even if the microphone fails and all of that stuff, they're close enough to hear those vows with their own ears. And in that that ceremony, I talk to those people and I pause with the bride and the groom for a minute and I turn to the bridal party and I begin to speak to them every time I do a wedding. And I say, guess what? You're the people that when things are challenged, when this vows that they're they're about to make, when it's challenged, you're the one that's going to hear about it. Guys, when he's frustrated, he's going to talk to you. Ladies, when she's frustrated, she's going to talk to you. And you're going to nod and you're going to listen and you're going to be there. And when it's all said and done, your job is to coach them back to this moment. Your job is to remind them of the vows that they made and the commitment that they did and to, co- to counsel them back to this moment. That's your job. That's why you're up here. Yeah, you look pretty in your tuxes and dresses, but you're here to hear the vows and to counsel them back to this moment. And then I pull it back on the, everybody who showed up and I put them this, the same charge. Because you know what? The rest of the world may not give a rip about that marriage, but the people who show up there should. And a marriage needs people to come alongside and support them and to be with them and to fight alongside them. Folks, you and I are called the bride of Christ. God gave everything in his commitment to me. I say yes and give my life to him. But there's some times I'm going to need to be coached back to that. There's some times I'm going to need to be counseled back to that. There's some times I'm going to be walked through some places where things don't make sense, but I know I I want to follow God through anyways. And that's why we need people around us who are going to coach us through these moments and help carry us forward. 1 John 1, 3 says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Here's this beautiful thing where it all comes together. We fellowship with another, and, and, and the, the Father and the Son are there connected. First John 1:17, I mean only seven, says, "If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin." All the stuff that doesn't line up with, with what's right, God begins to work those things out in our lives. As we walk in the light, that's honesty keeping things not in the dark, have fellowship with each other. Things be- stuff begins to get dealt with naturally. They can begin to get dealt with. Life begins to get better. I love the way the message puts it, but if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another as the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's son, purges all our sin. Folks, our bottom line today is walk with people who are walking with God. Do life with people who are moving towards God. See, fresh life comes when we let God do something fresh in us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.